Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. And uh, we are live down here uh, Radio Row in the Media Center. Where it is uh, becoming more and more a buzz. Uh, yesterday was uh, uh, three quarters of the way full. Today, uh, it is growing and growing and growing. The atmosphere is growing, and uh, it's it's always fun. It's always great, uh, whether it's to see guys, you know, like uh, B.J. Gannum, uh, who does so much with, uh, you know, amputees for the amputee football uh, game that they've had out here every year and promoting, uh, you know, wellness and health for uh, our veterans and military members to athletes to you know people that worked front offices and such uh, we bring in speaking of that uh, we bring in our guy john eisenberg is now joining us on the hotline john how you doing doing great how are you doing we're doing great uh you know this time of year so when you start to think about super bowl and the not only the way it's grown but just the game itself what does this conjure up when you start to think about it well, uh, you know, I think about uh, going uh, back to some of the Super Bowls that uh, I covered in my newspaper years, and uh, it's it's uh, it's just grown so much that it's crazy. I mean, there wasn't always a radio row, and uh, you know, there it wasn't always uh, 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 such a crazy media situation. There was a, a week or two before the game, but. Uh, what I think about is just how massive it has become and uh, that it wasn't always the case, but the NFL is just like a steamroller, just keeps growing and growing. The, uh, well, like you said, it's not the same because it used to be media day was on the field. It's not anymore. They've kind of cordoned that off. You don't get near the field now with Homeland Security being what it is. Radio Row was once massive uh, amount of radio stations, and now obviously everybody's podcasting. We've got, you know, people here that aren't radio stations. There's some writers, there's radio stations, there's podcasters, and some of the biggest stages are not even over the air. These are things that just happen on YouTube and TikTok. And it's it, the, the, the mass amount of media coverage. Talk about that for a minute in covering the world of sports and now what we have access to at our fingertips through our phones and the way things have changed. Well, it certainly has changed. And half, half of it is athletes doing it themselves, right? I mean, you know, right. now they can, uh, they can uh, have their own channels and do their own thing and uh, maybe not quite as anxious to t talk to people sometimes as a result they'd rather say it themselves so uh, uh, it, it is definitely changed uh, but uh, the, the one thing that's the same is everybody trying to uh, you know they uh, uh, especially today not afraid to get their voice out there get their opinions out there and uh, uh, I think some of them, uh, you know, like to have a little more control over that. So it's very interesting the way it's changed. And with phones and social media, you can you can pretty much do that. Give me your thoughts on uh, these two teams. When you start to talk about matchups, you start to look for certain stories, and everybody's got an angle. Everybody knows that. You're kind of coming down here, and you're thinking to yourself, what am I going to find? What 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 thing? I mean, it used to be you could always rely on somebody doing something stupid the night before a Super Bowl, and that became the story rather than the actual game itself. But when you start to look at storylines, uh, do you just gauge the game and gauge the, the X's and O's, but or, or do you look behind the scenes to say either, one, how a guy got here, like the Kelseys and their mom and what's going on there and the way the NFL is utilizing all of her personality and such, or, you know, the coaches. And, you know, you look at a guy like Andy Reid, and he's won one Super Bowl. He's been here numerous times. But does he need this extra one to really kind of bolster that legacy, to put him in the pantheon of better coaches? You know, things like that. 
Well, that's what I love. I love the storylines. And, you know, all these, this, this is history every year, regardless of who's in the Super Bowl. And, and uh, it's fascinating to sort of consider the stuff like the Andy Reid story for sure. And the fact that they're playing Philadelphia is just unbelievable. Uh, you know, that in itself, all those years he's been in Philadelphia, certainly the one that speaks to me, uh, the fact that we have two black starting quarterbacks for the first time. I mean, I've got a book coming out in the fall called Rocket Men about uh, and it's the history of black quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, I've gone back and really sort of uh, traced the entire history, going back to Fritz Pollard and then with the guys in the 60s like Marlon Briscoe and and then with Doug Williams uh, finally winning a Super Bowl, becoming the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Uh, that was a long time ago. And uh, they're, they're, uh, certainly the situation for black quarterbacks in the NFL has changed uh, dramatically in the last decade or so. But there haven't been that many Super Bowl winners. And uh, I believe uh, that this year's, I mean, it was, let's see, it was uh, Doug Williams and then it was uh, Russell Wilson was the mm-hmm. second. And uh, then Mahomes, I think, was the third. So, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great thing, the fact that there are two black quarterbacks starting against each other and that there's going to be a winner. And uh, th- that is an ongoing situation in football, and I love to see that. So that, that, that's one that speaks to me for sure. It was interesting because last night at opening night, they had the thing with Sal Palantonio that talked to both quarterbacks uh, about exactly that. And they talked about what an honor it is and how, you know, paving the way and they understand the history of all of this. But then they get to the podium and, and I thought it was interesting. Patrick Mahomes was asked about it. And one of his first quips was, you know what, I just consider us quarterbacks. And it, it wasn't a derogatory comment. It was basically saying, look, we don't look at it as color. We're just all players. We're just all, all, all our guys. We're, we're just all a big family. We're not, you know, uh, a bunch of black guys and white guys that are paired together to go out and do something. We're, we're a family of football players first, you know. So I, I thought it was a very interesting comment uh, in the sense of, you know, we're not making a big deal of this. We understand the oh. history here, but we're not making a big deal of it because we've just been doing this. This is all we know. So I, I thought it was a, 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 a almost a very refreshing side of attitude towards we're just people. You know what I mean? Definitely, and, and that is sort of a universal response. It's interesting if you go back and trace the history and really dig into it, which I have done in the process of writing this book, uh, Doug Williams – Doug Williams, all those years ago, the, the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl, that's what he said however many years ago it was. We've got to be going on 30 years ago at this point or more, right? I mean, it's even more than that, 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he said, and I, I think that's an athlete speaking there, saying, you know, uh, first and foremost, I want to win the game, and I, I, and I want to do my job, and uh, the history – you certainly understand and grasp it, and you understand the importance. And I think when you're through with it and you look back, that's when that stuff becomes more important. And you realize that maybe you've blazed a trail or you've helped people or you really made a difference. But in the moment, there's no doubt. I mean, you're a football player. You want to win a game. You've got your teammates. Nobody's thinking about that stuff really at all. If you are, you're in trouble because the, the other side isn't. And you know, I think you may be in trouble. So I, I think I think that's not unusual for those guys. You know, they're athletes, first and foremost. They're here. They're at the pinnacle. They want to win the game. And uh, I think we can all relate to that. 
John, you've covered a lot of things from Final Four's World Series. Obviously, a lot of special athletes uh, in, in Wisconsin. We've been blessed with a couple of them, Hall of Fame career uh, quarterbacks, both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But the end has become similar for both. Uh, Brett Favre wavered years and years and years. We went through the same dance. Aaron Rodgers, who never wanted to go down this path, seems to. Give me your thoughts on on what it's like when you have a quarterback who becomes great or a player who becomes great into the, the superstar strata legitimately and then dealing with what we're dealing with and seeing what we're seeing because times have changed from Favre till now even in the coverage via social media, radio shows, podcasts, and things like that. Uh, and it's almost what I've called now fatigue. It's almost like a Rodgers fatigue. But give me your thoughts on uh, the, the coverage of and what's going on with uh, Aaron Rodgers and company. Well, you're certainly right about fatigue, and, 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 and you you got to cut him a break on that because, uh, I mean, that's the world he lives on. It's not the world he created. Uh, you know, the fatigue for sure, people just are, you know, uh, I think it's a story that's just played out repeatedly over the last few years. What's the future? Is he going to be there? Does he like the Packers? Do the Packers like him? I mean, you know, it's sort of, uh, it, it seems like we've been down this road before. I realize there are subtle differences from year to year. And he's getting older. So that definitely changes things. Uh, but uh, it, it is it is never uh, the one thing that's – I can't think of one – well, actually, I can think of one athlete. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I'm in Baltimore, and I don't know – you saw that 30 for 30 over the, uh, over the weekend about the first Ravens team that won the Super Bowl. And Ray Lewis, when he won the second Super Bowl, he really did have a great ending. I mean, he walked out on top. Uh, almost nobody does that. Right, uh, right. And, and so that that's great if you can do that, but it's sort of a miracle. I think this period in a great a great player's lives almost always is just tough to watch because maybe they're yeah. not quite as good and you just don't know uh, you know how to the team doesn't know how to handle it, the player doesn't know how to handle it and uh it's almost guaranteed to be awkward. There's a lot of money at stake now. So uh it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough place to be. That that that's all, and it's it's never it's never smooth sailing. Great stuff, John. I appreciate it. And uh, your book coming out is the book coming out uh, in September is called Rocket Men: The Black Quarterbacks Who Revolutionized Pro Football, and you can uh, pre-order it now uh, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. So it is. John. The pages are up. Great stuff, man. I appreciate it. We'll look for the book and be excited about it then. Get you back on, okay? Great. Thank you. Thanks, John. Talk to you soon. There you go. John Eisenberger, and he a longtime writer for the Baltimore Sun, Dallas Times, covered a lot in his days. Uh, now, you know what? We do this. We go from one uh, one great writer. Now we've got a terrific player, David Tyree, joining us here at the table. Let me uh, turn you on over here. Oh, there we How go. you been? There we go. I'm doing great, man. Over here in the desert 15 years later. Scene of the miracle, scene of the crime, however. I was going to say, so you're sitting here. I was going to ask you, what, is this, uh, what does this conjure up for you? Uh, because obviously everybody knows you as the helmet catch. Yeah, yeah. Right? Good to be known for something, especially on the positive side. Um, I mean, honestly, it's, 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 this is just a tremendous stage. It's a tremendous time of the year. Obviously, the, the, the images of the helmet catch pop back up. 
And um, we actually came in town with, with, with a little bit of a mission, launching the catch camp and serving kids here in Arizona, just kind of leading it to the Super Bowl week. It was something that was a genesis in my mind and heart, and I wanted to get busy. So, I mean, the, the feelings, the vibes, the championship week, it's all here. But uh, we got busy, you know, we got busy on February 3rd through the 5th in, in Glendale, Arizona, and, and, and impacted some kids. It was great. For I, I want to take you back to the game sure. prior because you were in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and a cold game. Cold. And, and it was interesting because coming into that game, the the, the Packers were on fire. And yep. I thought, this is just almost throw your helmets out. You mm-hmm. know, give me your thoughts coming into that game, coming into Lambeau Field in those conditions, and not only winning, but winning kind of emphatically and knocking off the Packers. Yeah. I mean, it, I think we, we, we just felt like we had something special. Um Stern, I think everyone inside the Giants locker room, it wasn't like we were invincible. We knew, you know, we, we lost to Green Bay in, in the second week of the season mm-hmm. and we got mopped up pretty good. But by that time, um, you know, we were, we were priming the pump and we just knew that if, if we could put some pressure, um, make plays, Plaxico Burris might have played one of the best games of receiver, tough, tough one on one matchup. Couldn't stop him. Couldn't and stop. they didn't adjust till late in the game. It was, it was literally one of the best performances I've seen from a receiver. And there's so many, but he just, he proved his medal on that on that on that on that Sunday, but I think we just felt like we had something special in our minds and our hearts, and it proved uh, against a really tough Packers team. Obviously, like you had mentioned, you guys got beat up pretty good by the Packers early in the season. Yep. Every time I've talked to a team that has won a Super Bowl or gone on to face uh, another team in a championship, they say we f- we felt something special. When did that click for you? Because it always there's a play or a yeah. game when you go, okay, this is it, we got it. It's a great question. I think for me, it actually clicked in a it was it was a away game. I actually missed it. Um, I had lost my mom that that, that uh, year so i missed i missed the washington game and the buffalo game but the set we ran the ball like like wildfire against buffalo and then most people point to the fact that we didn't sit our 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 starters against the patriots the last season for me it was the second half of the buffalo game rain starts coming down and we start running a rock my bradshaw goes for like 80 uh, Brandon Jacobs is, is is running through the Buffalo defense, and that clinched the playoffs for us. For me, I'm like, man, the rain came, and I think everything really came together. And then we got a chance to give the Patriots our best shot, <laughs> right? You know, and, and we did, and we still lost. That's how good they were. You 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 look at this, you know, you you, you knocked off a really good Packers team, and then you yep. come here, and it was supposed to be a magical season for the Patriots, and. And you were able to accomplish that. I mean, there's nothing anybody can ever take away from you and go, yeah, but. There's no yeah, but in that season, man. You guys came out of, out of I don't want to say nowhere, but you, you did it. Yeah, I mean, like, when you're talking at, looking at this, you know, like, for us, what makes it special is 17-year drought for New York. You know, um, obviously a flagship, you know, even even the Packers, a flagship franchise. Yeah. But a uh, big, big drought in New York. And we got it the right way. You know, we got it the right way. It was a skipper that had to overcome his own hard attitude. He had to soften up a little bit, listen to his players. It was so many different storylines for individuals um, as well as this team galvanizing. I think that's what makes uh, it's, it's not just the team. It's a story. And uh, the story of New York and the pedigree, the under, underdogs, uh, you know, the, the, it was kind of that immigrant gritty mentality. And I think... We, we didn't we didn't take anything for granted 
and we, and we showed up to play this Sunday. Uh, real quick before we let you go, you got your DavidTyree85.com you want to go to. So yep. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man. I mean, like everything is there from our podcast, Catch the Moment. We just launched that last year. Super excited. Had an exclusive interview with Eric Reed that just dropped. I'm sure everybody wants to check that out. But, um, I mean, like it's really just all things new for me coming out of the front office, launching the Catch Camp, which will be coming back to Jersey. We just had a successful camp here in Arizona, about 60, 60, 60, uh, 65 kids each day through, uh, on Saturday and Sunday. And so just in that, in that mode of, of, of service and uh, every, everything that you can find is right there on the website, davidtyree85.com. Who you got in this game? Uh, I, got, I got Chiefs. I, I, they're my preseason pick. Yeah. I think uh, the determination and the grit of Patrick Mahomes is a little bit underlooked. He, he, he's, 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 got more, uh, he's got more in the lion's mane than, than his little pretty boy, uh, pretty boy Kermit the Frog <laughs> voice. So uh, I think he's just a, a dynamic competitor, and they're going to get the job done. David Tyree, a hell of a catch. Great catch. Appreciate you coming by, man. Appreciate Thanks everything. so much. There you go. That's David Tyree. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. we got a lot more out here at the Convention Center, Phoenix, Arizona, coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are on Radio Row. We're in Phoenix, Arizona, Phoenix Convention Center, Super Bowl 57. It is now uh, five days, five hours, 56 minutes, and counting away from kickoff between the uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Joining us here, a uh, longtime friend, good guy, Michael Silver, who is with Bally Sports. He's with the San Francisco Chronicle. What's your podcast now? It's on the volume. It's called Open Mic. Okay. Cur- current guest, a guy named Joe Montana. So kind, yeah, we were okay. happy about that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah we kind of heard of him. You know, he's the guy in the Guinness commercial, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you've been you've been doing this a long time, and obviously you've covered the Packers for years and years, even though you're on the West Coast now. So uh, when we sit here and talk about Super Bowls, everybody in Green Bay, it's always Super Bowl or bust. We've had two quarterbacks, Hall of Fame play, and only two Super Bowls to show for it. Give me yeah. your thoughts on right now that w- what's going on quarterback-wise and, and the longevity and history to where we are with Green Bay. Well, Bill, it, it kind of feels a little bit like uh, early 2008 in that uh, you've had this great run uh, with a future first ballot Hall of Famer. In that case, it was Brett and now Aaron. Um, and you wonder, is just the inertia on both sides organizationally and in terms of Aaron headed towards a breakup? Um, you know, unlike the previous two years, the Packers are not inclined to say, Aaron, how can we possibly, you know, make you feel good and bring you back? I think their attitude is more akin to if you're into it and you want to come back and you're going to work with these receivers and have an offseason, we're we're good. But anything short of that, eh. And knowing Aaron, that probably will lead down a path where he's like, all right, fine. Let's see what else is out there. He does have the control because of the way the contract is structured and the Packers' obligation. I think that leads you to believe that whatever they would get back at a trade is not going to be some massive haul of draft capital. Uh, and so then it's doable. Um, and it's just a question of, you know, who's willing to do what. But, you know, you look at teams like the Jets, where Nathaniel Hackett is now the, the offensive coordinator, the Titans, the Commanders, and I would throw the 49ers in there as someone who's been all over them for months. Um, before Brock Purdy's elbow injury, 
their plan was very simple. It's going to be Purdy next year. We'll try to develop Trey Lance on the side. And, um, you know, we'll use those rookie contracts to our advantage and keep loading up. But now with the elbow injury with Purdy, I think you need at least a, a plan to go along with Lance. And obviously, if they were w- willing to go out and get Aaron, that's more than just a wait till Brock Purdy hopefully right. comes back plan. That's a we're going after it in a different way. Uh, and so, you know, that's those are all the things you got. And. Um, you know, with the Packers, when they did move up for Brett, they'd seen Aaron really shine uh, internally. He had gotten into that Cowboy game at night and, and played really, really well mm-hmm. um, when Brett was hurt. Um, you know, Jordan Love, it's less, you know, he's he clearly got better. Um, and right. he did look better when he played um, in relief of Aaron this year. But. I don't think you're, you know, it's only happened, Montana Young was a shorter period, but it's only happened twice in NFL history right. where you go first ballot, future all of favor, handoff to another one. The Packers had a three-plus decade run of it. Um, I think the odds of it being far to Rodgers to love and you continue that, uh, you know, were not high going right. in. No, I, I completely agree with you. I've said all along. And you tell me what you think outside looking in that I, I think Aaron wants to he wants to end his career in Green Bay. I think the Packers would love to run it back with him. Mark Murphy goes out as the president coming up in a couple of years because he has to because of the restrictions of the codicils. So he's going to be gone. I think they would love to be able to ride off together hoisting a Lombardi trophy. I think sentimentally they want to run it back. Logically, you need to trade him. You need to get draft capital. You need to move on. You know, the money, the whole thing. But I still think if Aaron wants to come back, they say, Aaron, we'll, we'll do what we can. I, people ask me, I, th- that's the question. You know, they, they all walk around, they talk about what's going on and Patrick Mahomes and this and that, and then they come over here and they go, hey, is Aaron coming back? That's, yeah. I mean, that's what everybody's talking yeah. about. I think 60% of me says he's under center in Green Bay. 30% of me says that he would get traded somewhere else. And 10% of me says if he can't play in Green Bay and doesn't get what he wants, then he could just walk away. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's interesting in that it's really up to him and uh, at this point, right, because yeah. the way the contract's structured. Uh, I, I just, I would love it if they could make it work and find a way to, you know, load up around him so he might not get everything he wants in terms of, like, I got to have my guys, I got to have Randall, you know, whatever. But get him, you know, in position because even late, this year, the Lions game wasn't great, but before that, you know, whoa, they yeah. they made a little bit of a run, and you started to see it. Uh, and look, I, I mean, I've obviously defended Aaron in a million ways over the years, and I've tended to believe that the organization was not aggressive enough uh, in the Favre-Rogers windows, but uh, I do think it's fair to go. You lose Devontae, you've got these new receivers. Uh, it is important to try to get a, a, a chemistry with them over an offseason. And the franchise quarterback job is different. It's mm-hmm. You're kind of presumed that you're going to be participating in a more year-round way, even though right. it's voluntary. So uh, the, the combination of Aaron re-signing, apparently knowing Devontae might be gone, and then being like, oh, hey, I'll see you guys basically in July – you know, that it wasn't the best setup. Yeah. 
the optics of that. And we and we saw it. Right, no, but right. it, 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 the optics were bad, but, like, it took a long time. You know, yeah. Romeo Dubs flashed early, and then Watson, it took a long, long time. Yeah. And, you know, we saw Aaron's uh, overt frustration I, you know, late in the season with his receivers, but it's like, yeah, some of that maybe could have been worked out a little bit, um, you know, at an earlier stage. Talking with Michael Silver, he's with uh, Bally Sports and also now out with the San Francisco Chronicle. The um, my thought in this, the the one nobody's talking about is the last time he got doubted. The last time they when they drafted Jordan Love and they said, you know what, he's slipping. He came back and won back-to-back MVPs. Now, yeah. MVPs are not ultimately the goal in Green Bay. Yeah. But I get the sense that wherever he plays, he's going to he's gonna explode this year. Yeah. And he's going to say, I'm not done. I told you so. Another I told you so yeah. moment. How dare you doubt me? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, one thing I – Russell Wilson this year was an anomaly. But one thing I've come to understand, starting with covering Joe Montana in 1989 as a young beat writer, is that – when you have one of these truly transcendent quarterbacks, it just changes everything, and it almost always is really, really, really good mm-hmm. and, and covers up a lot of other right. weaknesses. So, um, you know, Tom Brady left New England and went to Tampa. Oh, my, Tampa's winning a Super Bowl. You know, it, you know, right. I, I tend to believe that uh, usually when you have one of these guys uh, – great things happen. I think this year was an anomaly. I don't think it means Aaron's falling off or he's done. I think he might have, you know, shortchanged himself in terms of, uh, you know, prep. And I don't understand exactly what that takes. And I'm sure he was ready to play, but maybe he, as a leader with new receivers, could have, uh, you know, gone in a little heavy. Yeah. Talk about this game coming up. Obviously, there's a lot of history here. Uh, we're talking about the, the first matchup of black quarterbacks in the NFL. We're talking about Andy Reid facing our, our against the team that, that basically canned him. Uh, and then obviously, and, and I've said all along, people said, nah, he doesn't need it. But I, I thought Andy Reid's been to numerous NFC and AFC championship games. He's finally won one. But if you want to go into that pantheon, you got to win at least two. You know what I mean? And, and for as, as vaunt, vaunted as Andy Reid is, and I think he's a terrific coach, you can't just keep showing up and not getting one and walking away with just one when you've had so many bites of the apple. Well, I mean, the first one took a lot of pressure off right. because he's done so many good things. And right. he did no, get agree. that first one in, in very dramatic fashion. I will remind people they were down 10 points midway through the fourth quarter against mm-hmm. a great 49er team. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, you know, his second Super Bowl with the Chiefs was suboptimal. His offensive line was in a terrible state, and they got manhandled. And, you know, you wonder with this Eagle defensive line and also a great offensive line, can they win the trenches to a point where they'll just blow the Chiefs off the map? I tend to think not. I I feel like this is a pretty even game. And then if it's even, I go, well, Mahomes, uh, you know, again, Mm -hmm. back to the transcendent quarterback thing. Um, The one thing I don't know about the Eagles is, are they front runners? Have they gutted out games? Are they equipped to come from behind, you know, having not really done it? And if the Chiefs get up early, is that going to change things? But I I really see this as an even game. And I think the coaching edge goes to Andy Reid. Uh, over Nick Sirianni, who's done a really, really mm-hmm. fine job, obviously, in his second year. But, um, you know, the edges I see the Chiefs having would be in two very significant areas, uh, quarterback, mm-hmm. coaching. Before I let you go, if you're going to say I'm going to – you're obviously with Bally, maybe do a little betting, and I'm going to throw some money down, where does Aaron Rodgers start? 
I don't know what betting is. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm vaguely familiar. That so you still have your thing. house is what you're saying. Yeah, and, and I, you know, and I don't have to bet on things like that. I'll just try to report. So, um, you know, I, I think keep an eye on uh, first, you know, I, I first I, we need to know what Aaron wants, right? right? But I would keep an eye on a team like the Jets that is um, really, really good in a lot of ways and really missing something in a major way. The thing they are missing is everything Aaron is. Not just a mm. great player at quarterback, but a guy who can take that youngish team and explain, like, hey, this is yeah. what it takes to elevate. Um, and, you know, Robert Sala's got that defense in a really good spot. They've got playmakers all around. Uh, some pretty good pieces on the offensive line. I would keep an eye on the New York Jets. So I, I think our hearts say keeping back in Green Bay, and I think our heads say watch out for New York. Yeah, that sounds right. Michael, always a pleasure to see you, man. Great stuff. And the podcast again? It's open mic on the volume. It's on YouTube and every audio streaming platform. Thank you so much for having me, Absolutely, bud. There you go. Look for that. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. More from Radio Row coming up after this. Of course. Oh, okay. That's that's a lot of this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.